Hello, hello everybody. This is Dennis Allen and you're listening to the Dennis Allen City Boy Home Pet Homesteader Podcast. A city boy who gave it all up to find happiness, financial freedom, and a better way to live life. Together we can learn and accomplish anything. Today is Monday, February twenty-fifth, twenty nineteen, and this is episode number eleven, and it's Music Monday. Uh, music Monday is a weekly podcast where we talk about anything music related going on in my life. Or in the Valley, so named, they named it twice, Penn's Valley. That's right. Today, on this episode, I will be sharing my limited music um, experiences that I've had in my crazy life. Um, these are kind of things that I want to get from other people, like um, our next guest. I don't want to say who it is yet, but he's lived a crazy music-inspired um, life, so he has a lot of great stories. So... What I want to do, sorry, moving things over here. Um, what I want to do today is to just give you my brief uh, rundown of concerts that I've been to and my experiences and the music-related people that I've met in my life. So just to, I'm, this is just going to my notes. So we're going to be talking about, um, I guess, my old records, TKA, U2, Metallica, System of a Down, Beastie Boys, Willie Nelson, Snoop Doggy Dog, Little Kim, Eve, Ja Rule. The Fugees, just a bunch of rappers, uh, Aerosmith, ZZ Top, Sublime, House of Pain, Annie Lennox from the Eurythmics, working at a death metal club, uh, Velvet Revolver, Slash, and Duff McCain from, I think that was, uh, who was that? Wow, Guns N' Roses. Uh, they were cool. Morrissey, Ice T, Tribe Called Quest, Backstreet Boys. Wow, that's uh, Justin Timberlake and those guys. 98 Degrees, Kid Rock, Shell Crow, and Gwyneth Paltrow, all in one. Ooh, that's a good story. Sugar Ray, Keith Murray, Madonna and Britney Spears? Maybe not. Whew, that's a long lineup. So stick around for the episode. It's going to be fun. Uh, before we start off, I'm going to just go through my sponsor of the day. Today, it's the Woodward Quarry Amphitheater in Woodward, Pennsylvania. That's right, on my homestead, it came with a rock quarry. So what I did was we built a little stage, and we're making music venue out of it. We're having a quarry fest, another one, quarry fest three. It's on 420. You see it all rhymes. So check it out, woodwardquarry.com. If you're in the area on April 20th or come on down, we're offering free camping. Uh... That's pretty much the only free thing. I think tickets are going to be $20 each or 10 These are suggested donation prices, people. So it's a fundraiser for the Hope Fund in our Penns Valley. What they are, they try to get people money and resources that are in need. So it's a very good organization. It's kind of like the Red Cross, but it does good stuff. So it's not just making CU as rich. So that's our sponsor for today, the Woodward Quarry Amphitheater in Woodward, Pennsylvania, woodwardquarry.com. Check them out. Whew. All right. So I think that's all i got to talk about for that. So let's get right into the bulk of today's discussion. Um, we're going to talk about my history. So as you know, if you listen to my other podcast, maybe you didn't, who cares? But... Uh, I lived a crazy life, grew up in Elizabeth, New York City area, and uh, did a whole bunch of things with celebrities and things like that. So a lot of these stories are 
just dealing with like the celebrity life in my old Verizon days. Before that, you know, my mother had some old records that uh, I would listen to. That was pretty much the extent of my music. Uh, listen to whatever was on the radio stations in my neighborhood. It was mostly rap. So I got, you know, I was a little break dancer and as a kid. So I listened to, oh man, raw bass. DJ. Oh, I can't even. I wish I could sing. <laughs> um, enjoying a nice cup of tea from Belladonna Herbs. Check them out. Um, had to listen to a bunch of old records, listen to the radio. So that was really my only introduction as a kid to music. Um, I grew up listening to everything. I started listening to Aerosmith, I guess, when I was younger. That was one of my bands uh, that I listened to a lot. That, the Beastie Boys. They were big ones. Tribe Called Quest, that was a, uh, a very big part of my life. Tribe Called Quest. Your Q-Tip, he's in one of my stories, so that should be fun. Uh, what else? Let's see. Some concerts. So I think maybe the first concert I went to, uh, some girl I was dating, she took me to a U2 concert. It was either, I think it was her birthday. or Yeah, it was her birthday because it was a bunch of her friends and I was invited. So U2 went to Pop Mart. And uh, out in Giant Stadium, that was an amazing time. Um, you know, nosebleed sections, sitting way out in there, you know, in the out bleachers. Also saw Metallica in the same arena. That was kind of, I guess, in the beginning of my Verizon career. Um, you know, went to a regular concerts again, sat up in the nosebleed sections. My memory calls it probably being in the same seat, but I don't really think that's true, but... Huh, let's see. So when I got into, uh, let's see, before anything else, I went to a Willie Nelson concert. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I got tickets from somebody. And so I guess this is leading into my Verizon career. So when I started working for Verizon, it was, um, you know, I was doing a lot of things with celebrities, things like that. So I did get a lot of tickets. I got a lot of invites to parties. So that's why, you know, a lot of these, system, you know, these, um, bands and people I, I'm coming into personal contact with. Um, Willie Nelson concert, I did get to see him. I was living in Jersey City at the time, and I ran into the mayor of my town. He was a, uh, the old school in Jersey City before the new, you know, finery, you know, finely polished Goldman Sachs mayor moved in. But he was a true New uh, Jersey Cityan. His family was there. I met his family, hanging out with him the whole night. Got to listen to Willie Nelson, you know, growing up. My uh, father would always sing that song, Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys. So that was a big part of my life. Got to see him. Um, huh. These these stories are not going to be any kind of order. It's just what popped in my head. I was writing my notes. Uh, the Beastie Boys. Like I said, I was always a big fan of the Beastie Boys growing up. Big, big fan of the Beastie Boys. Uh, one... Okay, so hmm, I'm trying to think of which one it was. Uh, Mike Diamond, he uh, Mike D, I guess he's is on a Beastie Boy. Yeah, Mike D. So I get a call from a celebrity. We're talking everything, and I never knew who people were. His name was Mike Diamond, and I usually try to fish around. It's like, oh, what do you do? You know, he's like, oh, I'm a DJ. So I just thought he was the DJ that the guy, so the guy that would give the free celebrities, like the phones and everything, that would then give him my phone number to activate. 
a lot of times it would just be somebody that he liked, like a DJ. Maybe he's like a big DJ in a club. He goes to so yeah, dude, here's the free phone, you know. Um, but turns out uh, after, I guess when I was, you know, that day I just thought he was a DJ or whatever. I was like, you know, I usually fish for like, oh, any good parties going on? He's like, no, no, not really. So um, they lived in the area, so it's not like they were in town. A lot of times if a celebrity was in town, then it was always a party or like, yeah, I'm in town for this and, you know, why don't you come on by? So nothing ever ended with that. Uh, I guess much, you know, time after, I don't know how long, but after the experience with Mike D, I, Mike Diamond, I looked him up and I realized that was one of the guys from the Beastie Boys and I didn't really get to take advantage of talking to him because I had no idea who he was. But I did get to talk to him and he was definitely a cool guy. I remember talking to him because I dealt with him a couple of times. But my Beastie Boy story is, uh, I forget how. I think somebody was dating one of the bouncers or the people that ran the, um, I think it's the, uh, it's on 34th Street in Manhattan. It's a uh, kind of famous concert place, things like, you know, I forget what it's called, but we somehow got into the Beastie Boys concert for free. Uh, so the concert, it was very disappointing. Any of you old school bands, if you come out and you want to do like a new concert, and invite all your friends. Do not just play electronic music and just like whatever you're into at the time. You got to throw in some Beastie Boy songs. So the entire night was just maybe not that good, but um, there was one song they kind of threw some Beastie Boy into it, but it was horrible. It was very disappointing. I mean, I had a good time. It was a free concert, but I did get to go to the after party, which was in the basement and. You know, we go in there first, you know, we just got in and um, we're hanging out. I'm sitting at a table with, uh, I forget who it was. Oh, actually, Grace. Remember this girl, Grace. Um, so I'm sitting, I think it was the Grace. Nah, probably not. I don't know who it was. Um, so I'm sitting at a table and some people start joining us. It's one of the, I forget who, but uh, I think actually the one that died. Hmm. I was sitting with his parents and his wife and his two kids. His wife was uh, an Asian lady, and so I was hanging out with them for a while. You know, I met him real quick. Hey, how you doing? So that was a very good time. After that, I kind of, like, felt like, oh, this is more of, like, a private, like, intimate party kind of thing. So I, I did eventually leave. I was like, all right, you know, I hung out with them for a few minutes, so that was cool. Uh, huh, that's my Beastie Boys story. So, yeah, very big fan of Beastie Boys. So, the girl Grace, um, she, I was dating a girl at the time, and her ex-boyfriend was one of the, uh, guys from System of the Down, the band, and so this is my System of the Down story. So, I was a very, a big fan of, um, she didn't really like him, so I was like, whatever, I still listen to him, she didn't. Uh, after we broke it up, we became very good friends. We're still friends to this day. Her, I don't know, husband or boyfriend, they've been dating forever. We all hang out together still. Uh, at the time of this story, her new boyfriend was a somebody, I'm not even going to say what record company, well, all right, Sony Records, because I guess you could just look up the rest of the story. So she was dating somebody in Sony Records that could get tickets for people like System of a Down. So they're in concert. They're playing at Madison Square Garden. 
I ask her, I'm like, hey, Grace, get me tickets for her system. So she says, okay, no problem, because she was dating one of the guitar players that she would still talk to every now and then. And also her new boyfriend was uh, a big shot in Sony. So I get a couple uh, call a couple days later, and she's like, hmm, dilemma. Uh, it's kind of awkward, because my ex-boyfriend, my new boyfriend, and they kind of like work under each, well, one works under them. So... That didn't happen. She, you know, didn't feel comfortable doing it. And I was like, oh, it's no problem. I could get tickets from somewhere else. So I talked to my uh, my people in K-Rock. That was the radio station that Howard, show, Howard Stern show was on. Oh, I have to, <laughs> there's another Howard Stern show, I guess. Celebrity thing. Uh, music thing. Um, oh, I wish I could find this. <laughs> Sorry, I'm raveling there. So... I, I talk to somebody in K-Rock. I say, hey, get me, you know, can you get me tickets to System? They're playing over at the uh, Garden tonight or tomorrow or something or this weekend. And so, like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I could do that. So um, I don't get the tickets. You know, the show's on, like, a Sunday or something. And I'm like, all right, whatever, I didn't get tickets. You know, you know whatever. Life goes on. I get to work the next day, and in my desk there is an envelope from K-Rock. With VIP tickets, backstage passes, the whole nine yards for System of a Down, I get it the day after. So, really bad System of I should put System of a Down not after that one because I did not see System of a Down. But that's just a little System of a Down story. Same area. It's so funny. The, I knew a girl. Uh, she lived kind of across the street from, from uh, where the Beastie Boys were playing. In Manhattan on 34th Street. Wow, yeah, she did live on 34th Street. Oh, wait, no, that wasn't her. I don't know where she lived. Anyway, so the next group, a bunch of rappers that I used to hang out with, um, like Little Kim, Eve, Ja Rule. Um, she, she would get me to a lot of her parties, you know, like someone's birthday party. Ice-T, Ice-T was, was one of her biggest uh, clients. She started a, a PR company. She was, um, I don't want to say too much about, but Keith Murray was one of them. Actually, yeah, so she was married to Keith for a while, so that's why I got to know Keith Murray. He's the rapper. Um, let me see. I wanted to get some of these uh, songs up. So this is Keith Murray's song, just in case. Ready? Can you hear it? Beautiful thing in the world, just like that. I get in ya. So that's Keith Murray. Um, <laughs> he was uh, dating her. They have a kid together, a little beautiful little girl. Um, so she would get me into like Ice T. You all know Ice T. He, he's an actor now and everything. But Ice T, uh, I thought I was going to get beat up by Ice T one time. There was a fashion show for, um, who was it? Uh, oh, I was friends with her. The, the fashion girl from Sex in the City, she did all the clothing for, oh, man, who the heck was that? It's the old lady, red hair, really crazy, really cool. Um, but so it was a fashion show for her, and I knew her. I knew Ice-T already because I'd been to a couple, one of his birthday parties, and I talked to him a couple times. And actually, no, I didn't. I didn't know him at this time. Because I tripped, and his 
girlfriend slash porn star uh, wife, I kind of like tripped and honestly, I did not do this on purpose. I kind of landed on her a little bit and kind of like, I don't know if I got a boob, but it was, it was close. Um, but it was very cool. He was like, oh, I mean, obviously everybody knew it was, you know, just an accidental trip, you know, because he was sitting right on a runway and my seats were beyond the runway. A couple of seats rode, rode back. I went with Sasha. Yes, Sasha. He was the hair uh, person for Sex and the City. So anyway, um, did get to hang out with Ja Rule. Funny thing, Ja Rule was funny. My girlfriend at the time, uh, Helen, or I don't know what she, she was. I've, I'm friends with all my ex-girlfriends, so I don't know if I was dating her at the time, but it was so funny. We were talking to Ja Rule and everything. He just seemed like a normal guy. And uh, the second that, you know, she wanted to take a picture with him, he just got all gangster, like, like hardcore, like, you know, with the pucker lips, like, yeah, I could kill you. But really cool guy. Eve, um, I didn't really, you know, I met Kim, little Kim, one of her parties. Eve was there, I think. I don't know if Eve was there. I don't think I ever met Eve. I'm going to take Eve off the list because I don't think Eve was ever, I don't think I ever met her. Did I did talk to her. A lot of these, uh, no, Eve's not a, yeah, no, Eve was a part of something. Anyway, let's see who else. Uh, the Fugees. So the Fugees, one of the, uh, not Wyclef. I did meet Wyclef's cousin in South Beach, Florida. Woo, that story is a whole podcast. Um, that trip was a podcast. Man, that was crazy. Um, so, yeah, I did meet Wyclef just, you know, quickly, like, hi. Uh, the other guy, the Fugees, um, I forget his name. I have no idea. He uh, he was one of my customers at Verizon. Uh it's amazing that, you know, you're you're somebody I'm not gonna even say any more of that story, it's probably talking too much. I don't wanna say something about somebody. So and it wouldn't be a bad it was just personal information. But anyway, the Fuji's had an experience with him a couple of times, not why Clef, the other guy. Um man, I feel so bad I can't remember his name. But really good, nice guy, uh Jersey boy, so shout out to Jersey. I have Aerosmith in here with ZZ Top. I did um, my friend uh, Kathleen, Kathleen Brown. She uh, <laughs> she's great. She was uh, um, was it makeup or hair makeup artist. So she did a lot of fun things. I got to like Food Network shows, but that's nothing to do with music. Um, but she took me for my birthday to see Aerosmith, and wow, it was amazing. So seeing Aerosmith, like I saw the Beastie Boys in concert, but it was a womp womp because they didn't play any good songs. But seeing, um, like U2, I never really listened to, or Metallica, you know, I never listened to. But Aerosmith, when I got to see Aerosmith, especially as a mid-20-something-year-old, maybe 30-year-old, simply amazing, you know. So me seeing the Aerosmith concert is kind of like what I'm really fascinated about with music. So when I interview like singers, things like that, I want to try to get to understand what the feeling is like, you know, performing in front of a live stage like that. Cause it must be amazing because when you're listening to your favorite band playing at, you know, a, a huge sold out concert that you've been listening to forever, you know, that energy is just, it's so moving and so powerful 
So these are the kind of things that I want to experience from, you know, other people that I'm interviewing in this podcast because the experience that I had with Aerosmith was just, you know, when you're singing every single song, you know the words and it's just memories popping in your head, you know, uh, Dream On, I think it is. Dream, yeah, that one reminds me of motocross because it was a little, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to get a dirt bike. No way I was going to ever afford a dirt bike, you know, until I got older and got my own job, but... I had a thing for dirt bikes, you know, and I, my, my father got me tickets to a, a motocross show, which was really cool. And I caught the goggles from some guy. I don't know who he was, but, um, that was at Madison square garden. I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It wasn't giant stadium. So yeah, that's amazing. Um, so an Aerosmith song, you know, it brings back memories of your childhood and just all kind of good experiences in life. So must be amazing, you know, to, to have, to be the singer and just feeling that energy every single night in front of whew, packed, packed audiences. Huh. Woo. So, yeah. So come concerts like Aerosmith, you know, ZZ Top was there, which was amazing seeing, but, you know, I didn't listen to them a lot. I knew their songs, but, man, Aerosmith, the, the energy of that. I'm getting goosebumps now. Can you see it? I'm recording this also on video, so check my YouTube video if you want to see me in a room. Uh, let's see, what else do I have? I have House of Pain and Sublime. So, I got tickets from Verizon to see, um, it was to see Sublime, and, uh, I had no idea who was open and didn't even pay attention. I would get tickets and I would go, and I'm like, alright, cool. So I get there, and the opening is just... I wanna get high So get high so high yeah so it was house of pain opening that was awesome because i did listen to a lot of house of pain growing up um so that was an amazing concert and it was opening for sublime so i knew that this is post uh what's his name's death so i knew there was somebody new i didn't know anything again i don't pay attention to music scenes or anything so Sublime comes on, and I'm just pumped, you know, House of Pain's playing and everything. And then the new singer, you know, an amazing singer, beautiful voice. I know his brother personally. Um, well, I met his brother personally, and we hung out a couple of times at the Ingle Bean Coffee House. Uh, <laughs> he didn't sing the songs like Sublime did, you know? It's like, instead of, I ain't got no Sangeria, I ain't got no Crystal Ball. It was just more of like he put his different spin on everything, you know? So it was more of like his band with the rest of Sublime singing his type of music, but with their words. So it was, I ain't got no Sanderia. I ain't got no Crystal Ball. I ain't, ha you know? And it was just, oh, it was horrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. So maybe, you know, I, again, I don't really know music, but. The way I listened to it for years. So it would have been a great experience otherwise. But it was still fun. It was a really good time. Um, great concert. It's just a little disappointing that I didn't get to listen to the CD live that I grew up on. Hmm. Who's next? Sweet dreams are made of these. Who am I to disagree? Uh, that's right. Annie Lennox. 
didn't get to hear her sing that song, but I did get to go to her art opening in Manhattan somewhere in... Chelsea. I think it was Chelsea. Chelsea or was it meatpacking? I don't even know. It wasn't so... Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea. Pretty sure it was Chelsea. Right on the water on the Hudson. Um, got to see an art show. The Actually, the person that got me into the celebrity thing in Verizon, um, Devon Dingley, uh, she was friends with her. Well, you know, I guess they worked together. She, you know, did all the celebrity things for Verizon. I did the wireless side because at that time there was no department. Oh, that's good tea. So we went to, uh, she invited me to a opening and you know so we got to hang out with Annie Lex for a while so that was fun really cool person she is a vegan or vegetarian I could tell by watching I I've been I was watching some of the music videos and um the sweet dream ones if it's up I'm going to play it and it's not so I'm not gonna play it but it's a there's a bunch of cows in there and I'm like she must be a vegetarian because and so we looked it up she is a vegetarian um the next one I have is a death metal club. Yeah. So <laughs> I was a bartender when I was an auto mechanic. I was trying to do something different. And so I thought bartending. So I got a job at a, um, a death metal club called um, Obsessions in Randolph, New Jersey. Obsessions in Randolph. Yes. It was a nightclub. For teens, so I also did get to um, be a bartender. It was strange. So half the club was for under 21, and the upper section was for older 21, and I worked at that. So that was weird, um, serving drinks to 21-year-olds in the same kind of different places. I don't know. It was weird. But as the death metal club, um, I was the head bartender there, and... You know, then it was just one big open area, and uh, I listened to a lot, met a lot of death metal people. I don't remember who they were. I have some CDs somewhere, but never really listened to them. Um, I know, uh, so my friend's husband is in, uh, not E-Town, Crown Creek, E-Town, Crown Creek. I knew those guys. They were from Elizabeth, E-Town. Um, I listened to them a couple times, but that was my death metal. I knew those guys. I never listened to them. They might have. No, they. W- I would have remembered if they played there. But um, I'm trying to think of the other death metal band that my friend's husband. But they were pretty big. Uh, they traveled the world and everything. But this place, uh, one one group I did get to meet was Slash and Duff McCannon from Velvet Revolver. Uh, they were the, the guys that broke away from uh, Axl Rose and formed their own little band, which I was a big fan of, so it was very exciting. My cousin got to hang out with Slash when he was younger, um, so that was really cool. I talked to Slash about that. Um, I don't know. I don't think he remembered or anything, but my cousin was a, a musician. He he played in the Sex Pistols, actually, um, way back in the day when they were like doing like drag, so that was interesting. He... Uh, he traveled all over doing music, and um, he died. He was, I don't know, 
in a, in a house fire that's supposed to be an arson, maybe, or it was a suspicious death, but they couldn't do anything because another country, blah blah blah. So anyway, um, what else? Morrissey. So let me play Morrissey. Morrissey is from the Smiths. Um, actually, this is the Morrissey. Let's, let's, let's get this going here. And so Morrissey, um, I used to get a lot of tickets to uh, the Late Show with David Letterman, and Morrissey was uh, the guest appearance on one of the shows I went to. So I got to see Morrissey in concert. He was—I didn't know who he was. I didn't even know um, the Shim, not the Shims, uh, the Smiths back then. I, the girl I took, she was a big fan, so she was all excited. I was like, oh, this guy's weird. He came out in a, in a priest outfit, and so got to see Morrissey. I like the Smiths now. I like Morrissey. I appreciate his music right now, that's for sure. Uh, Ice T, again, a lot of Ice T stories. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I tried, I hooked him. I was one of my employees in, in Verizon. He was starting a music magazine. A uh, really cool guy, and he, met, you know, I brought him to one of the iced tea parties. You know, I'm just trying to link people together. He was a really cool kid. Um, there's gonna be more iced tea stories, no? Maybe not. I remember a nice. We was at the uh, some famous hotel on the rooftop. You know, club part. You know, I'd been to before. Maybe I haven't. Hadn't. Actually, the Eve and Little Kim party was in the basement. Oh, that's so weird. This is the meat market district. Um, this was like the first big hotel that went up in the area. I don't know if it's a W hotel or something. My friend Dalin lived right down the street. He's a whole other podcast. He was a famous uh, uh, fashion photographer. He hung out with, um, uh, he was good friends with Lenny Kravitz. He's part of my I, uh, my tribe called Quest story, which is the next one. So, uh, but the iced tea parties were in that area on the rooftop there. So, I, actually, just a side note, a little side story of how crazy cities are. I leave the party, you know, in the party, everything's free, um, food, booze, whatever, open bars. You, so I go outside the party, which was cool because the VIP sections were all glass because it's all status system, and you go outside and. There's all the girls seeing you hanging out with Ice-T and, you know, drinking vodka and, like, you know, not packed. The outside's like a madhouse. Go out there, talking to girls, go to the bar out there, order, like, two rounds or, like, two drinks for me and her. Like, $32 or something. Um, no, I would think it was probably more than that. I think each drink was, like, 20 I forget. But just absurd amounts of money that people pay for... Ugh, it's crazy. So... Dalin, famous fashion fashion photographer down the street in the meat market, uh, meatpacking district. I don't know if you know meatpacking district now. It's crazy. It's like Disney World. There's an iMac store, iPhone, Apple store there. It's it's crazy. All fancy restaurants and everything. The area that it was when he moved in, it was all the uh, transmission mod, uh, working boys. Tranny. Um, working people that work for a living, doing things not good. Um, 
it was really rough, you know, a lot of gay bars and, you know, really the raunchy area of Manhattan. Uh, that's why he lived there. He, she, um, yeah, we're getting too deep into my crazy past life, but I was never a part of that. These are just friends of mine. You know, we would go to, you know, he was friends with all the club. He was one of the club kids from back in the day. And um, so every now and then there was like a big club opening. Oh, this is a music story. So, you know, I guess the club, you know, is a, I used to go to a lot of clubs, you know, the TK part, old uh, freestyle music. Uh, that was a big part of my life. Oh, yeah. Back in the Jersey Shore, baby. 1990s. Seaside Heights. Uh, sha-na-na-na-na. Yeah, so I actually danced on stage with these guys when they were playing in Seaside Heights. dun 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 dun, dun. Yeah, so... Dun, 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 dun. This was TK Maria... The most beautiful about you, cause I need you. All right, that's enough of that. I was man. How did I go from that to that? I don't know. So I did listen to TK Maria. Where the heck was I that I started doing that? Um, oh, Club Kids. Yeah. So these that was a Club Kid Jersey Shore. Don't tell anybody what kind of club kid. I'm talking about the Manhattan clubs kids that I eventually started going to when I got older. I would only do New York City clubs um, like Limelight, Webster Hall. Oh, man, Webster Halls. Woo! I had my VIP club card, you know, the Black Webster Hall card. That's probably where Amex Black got their idea from was the Black uh, VIP card from Webster Hall. So I could always go in for free, and I did a lot. So Webster Hall was like four different clubs. It was an old music hall, you know, like the main area where all the shows would go on was the main like club, you know, not Jersey Shore Club, um, not, well, maybe that too. There was, in the basement was the reggae room. It was all reggae Uh, was there any rap? I don't think there was any rap. I, I guess, in, yeah, the basement was reggae and rap. Yeah, yeah. Reggae and rap, that kind of music down in the basement. Um, and then on the... Yeah, I think there were two big main stages. And another one was uh, for, like, alternative music, I think. Yeah, it was definitely, you know, like more of like, um, I don't know, that's been a long time ago. Woo! So, yeah, he would, uh, the club kids back before that, especially uh, like Limelight, that kind of era, you know, way back in the day. I, I did the Limelight towards the ending of, you know, it was still crazy and it was still, you know, hard to get into. You had to know somebody to get into, but I would do that a lot. Um, the Limelight was an old church. And it was pretty much all club now, so all the rooms in the second floor and behind the church, it was just all, it was crazy. I mean, I'm trying to keep this podcast, it's, can't tell you about those stories. Um, Tribe Called Quest, so Dallin, uh he would, you know, we knew a lot of famous people, and I was really good friends with him, and he was, he knew I loved Tribe Called Quest, and he would always make fun of me that he and Q-Tip were good friends, Q-Tip. Is my title? I don't think it is vital for me to be idle. 
Um, Q-tip uh, was his friend. So he did give Q my phone number and because he did say he wanted a, uh, a cell phone with Ryzen and he had some, some uh, problems with Ryzen or something. Oh, I think this is going to play. Is it? Oh, so that's not even a good one. This is this is Tropical Quest. Um, I don't like that song. I mean, no, I like that song. All right, this is probably one of the most popular ones. So Q-Tip was supposed to call me. He never did. That's a commercial. Oh, my Lord. Q-Tip never called me. I did get to run into him. So here's my Q-Tip story from Tropical Quest. Um, they were one of my biggest, biggest... Um, Fans. This is from one of their albums. The next song was even more popular in my eye. The uh, Can I Kick It? Remember this? I got, got to get it. I left my wallet in El Segundo. Um, I got to play Can I Kick It? Sorry. Can I Kick It? Sorry, people. This is my podcast. I'm enjoying what I... This is the song. So this song I grew up with. It was a huge part of my life. There are some stories that I can't tell with it, um, with kicking. Can I kick it? But, uh, yeah, they were a big part of my life. And I went to Whole Foods one day in Jersey where Ice-T lives. He's got a place in this area. Q-Tip lives in this area. So, like I said, Q-Tip is my idol. I don't think it is vital. But he's, I see him in the store, and I kind of, like, follow him. You know, I see him in the frozen food section, so I'm going to the frozen food section. <laughs> and uh, so he finally goes into line, and I'm, you know, I was already done shopping. So I go up behind him in line, and, you know, I had the connection with, you know, a mutual friend and everything. I did say hi to him, and, you know, he said, you know, hi back. And uh, that's the end of the story. That is the end of the story. I was too scared. I was like a little schoolgirl, you know, a little man crush on Q-Tip. Not a problem. I just noticed that my favorite song, Can I Kick It, is four minutes and 20 seconds long. Q-Tip, yep, it was a missed opportunity. I didn't get to see my Q-Tip. Um, <laughs> woo, my stories are crazy. I think they're crazy. Um, back squeak. Backstreet Boys, uh, yeah, I did their cell phones for Verizon. I helped out with their concert. Um, so I did cut the kind of theme at the hotel, blah, blah, blah. This is, I don't know, crazy Britney Spears. I saw her. I didn't get to interact with her. Um, uh, Marky Mark was there, like, in the lobby. I get to, I got to say hi to him and just, like, you know, I don't know. He was waiting for somebody to say him as I was, uh, 98 degrees. Uh, I dated some, some girl that she was dating. Uh, I forget who she was dating. One of them, Nick, Nick something. And so I got to hang out with Nick once. It was really awkward. Cause you know, I didn't know really who knew he was. I knew he was some famous, you know, boy band. And I didn't listen to boy bands. But it was just awkward that he was there and he's famous and I'm dating this girl and that's Rex. So, uh, yeah. Um, great. Oh, next story. Kid Rock, Show Pro, and Gwyneth Paltrow. So I go to um, another, uh, you know, Mr. Big from Sex and the City. 
yeah, I, I got into, uh, I don't know, somebody invited me to a party. And so my buddy Sasha was there. And uh, so I show up to the party. It's at the cutting room in Manhattan. Mr. Big owned it. And I'm glowing at a bar. You know, the place was packed. You know, great, great club. Not club thing, but great bar night. You know, full. So I'm, you know, ordering a drink. I'm drinking at the bar. I'm looking at the uh, TV. And there it is. Kid Rock, Sheryl Crow, and Gwyneth Paltrow are playing just, you know, acoustic. Or I don't know if it was acoustic, but they're just sitting there playing. And so I'm like, wow, that's a weird combination. Like, I don't know. Why are they all together? Strange. So I see my buddy, the Sasha. I'm like, hey, what's up? And I was like, dude, look at that. It's so weird. He's like, uh, yeah, that's why you're here. They're in the back. <laughs> you're late. <laughs> so we go in the back room in, like, the VIP section or whatever. And the three of them, they're playing. And they kind of finished when I uh, got there. I heard, you know, a little bit of their singing. Um, but, yeah. And so I got to hang out with Kid Rock and Sharon Crow. Um I did meet Gwyneth Paltrow, but Kid Rock and Cheryl, you know, we were chatting for a while. He was in his uh, wife beater. I actually looked up the photos. I, I, you know, I've been trying to Google this. Maybe I could find some audio or something from the show, but I couldn't. But I did see pictures of it, and it, yeah, it happened. <laughs> uh, another one, Sugar Ray. Do you remember Sugar Way? Sugar Way. Uh, Fly, that was a, a big song. It was, whoa, that's loud, sorry. To fly, what you want. So Sugar Ray, that was a uh, a band. One of my customers, he was a music producer. Ooh, I should look him up. And Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray, I keep saying that. Sugar Ray was one of his wastily wabbits, and um, so he would always, you know, give me tickets or whatever, you know. People like giving me things because I'm hooking them up with Ryzen. Like, you remember Ryzen back then or even now is like going to DMV. You know, you, people always hate it. So if you had somebody like me, people really appreciated it. So he gives me tickets. He's like, hey, you know, you like Sugar Ray or blah, blah, blah. So he gives me tickets to Sugar Ray at um, Six, Flag, Great, Six Flags, uh, Great Adventure. We'd never call this Six Flags. Great Adventure in Jersey. And so he told me, like, oh, here are the VIP tickets give you everything, parking, admission to everything in the, in the thing. So I do that. He even says, you know, stop in before the show. Like, they're all barbecuing and, you know, come to the barbecue. It's like, cool. So I go back, you know, to where the concert thing is, the, where the band is. So there's the barbecue and, uh, you know, the VIP people. And there's the band and I think about four of the people. And they were all with the band, so I was just sitting there for probably about an hour, you know, eating hamburgers and hot dogs with uh, with Sugar Ray, which was really cool. Um, I forget the guy's name, but yeah, it, that was uh, a lot of fun, you know. Just and then I got to see the concert. It was really cool because obviously we had you know right on stage, not on stage, but off stage, con- you know, like on the side, an actual ticket, not on stage, but next to stage. Um, really great show. Uh, I, I was a fan of Sugar Ray, that song. So I definitely enjoyed that one. Uh, trying to think of any other ones. Uh, I don't know. I, the last thing I have on here, I guess before wrapping up, uh, I almost got to see Madonna. You know, she was, that was the time she was doing something with Britney Spears and they were doing a commercial for Ryzen and, I was supposed to get him some phones, and I don't know, something happened where it never happened, 
And so I did not meet Madonna. Madonna would have been somebody very cool to have met. Uh, and Britney Spears would have been there too with a lot of other people that I wouldn't have cared to meet. I don't know what the song of the day is. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, Annie Lennox, Sweet Dreams. That's a, that's a big one. Uh, no. I'm going to play probably, yes. I'm going to play one of my most favorite Aerosmith songs that I did mention before, Dream On. Um, this song was a big part of my life. I listened to it a million times. A lot of memories come from it. Uh, again, thank you, Kathleen Brown, for buying me tickets to see Aerosmith. That was, that was really amazing. Dream On, one of my favorite songs out there. I actually, um, a lyric, lyrics from that, that song, you have to lose to know how to win. I have it right there on my tattoo. I have it in my grandfather's handwriting. So I got the logbook, one of, uh, some textbook or something from my grandfather. And I took the words and letters from his handwriting. And because we kind of have the same writing. Well, we do because I copied it when I was a kid. But he has a very architectural kind of handwriting. Um, it looks like architect's daughter as a font. But I have that written around my arm. You have to lose to know how to win because I got that from Aerosmith. Um, a lot of stuff in my life. You know, I was born a loser and I continue to lose. But you learn by losing, so it's a great thing. So enjoy the song. Thank you, everybody, for listening to my podcast. As always, um, please share it with people. Uh, I like that I got this one out of the way because not many people are listening to it. There's a handful of people listening. But to grow this audience, I would really appreciate it if everybody could share this with their friends. If you like music or homesteading or if you live in Penns Valley and you want to know what's going on. Um, yes, spread the word, share the podcast. So that's going to be it. Um, take it easy, YouTube. I am live on YouTube right now, not live, but recording for YouTube also. So take care on YouTube side, take care on a podcasting side. As always, love you, enjoy this song. And Aerosmith, one of my favorites. Dennis Allen, come. I love you all. Have a good night, or a good day, and a good week. Bye bye.